Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Ren Wadsworth. And Max actually had to step out of the studio for a minute, but we're still going to head on with our interview with Ed Goodman, who is a Grammy-nominated trumpet player. He's played with several artists, worked on several soundtracks, and even created a world anthem. We'll get to all those questions, but if you have a question for Ed Goodman yourself, you can text us at 970-491-5278. Once again, that number is 970-491-5278. Or you can message us on Facebook or Twitter at KCSUFM. So we're going to head off our interview. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, Ed. Thanks, Ren. Uh, it's great to be back at CSU, of course. Uh, this is my alma mater, so <laughs> happy about that. I kind of grew up in town, so uh, went to CSU uh, after graduating high school. Uh, and uh, basically, my music career began when I was about 16 years old. Um, I started performing in Denver and around the region. Um, the good thing if you're a trumpet player is uh, you get to back up a lot of people. The bad thing, of course, is you're a trumpet player. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> there's kind of two ways to look at that, I guess. Not every band has needs trumpets, but on the other hand, when they do, oftentimes you get to go with some pretty great artists. So so I had a chance to uh, perform, you know, maybe 30, 40 shows and Red Rocks and lots of really great touring with uh, a bunch of different kinds of artists, all different kinds from... Tony Bennett to Barbara Streisand, uh, Carlos Santana, Aretha Franklin, Ella Fitzgerald, Natalie Cole, Ray Charles, B.B. King, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, you know, all kinds of different people. So it was an awful lot of fun to uh, to be backing up all those great artists and to have a chance to go on the road with them in some cases as well. Yeah. Do you have, um, I know it's probably a little controversial of a question, but do you have a favorite of those artists that you're able to work with? Oh, boy. You know, for me, um, being a horn player, I loved the bands that really featured a lot of really interesting horn work. So, you know, you think about, when you think about the really good horn bands, you think about groups like Blood, Sweat, and Tears, mm-hmm. which I got to play with a little bit, and and Casey and the Sunshine Band, I recorded on their first album or so. They had a lot of horns. Um, Burt Bacharach had tons of horns on his album and then there were some others as well some of the really big um, singers of the day you know the Frank Sinatra's Tony Bennett's Barbara Streisand's they had big orchestras behind them you know sometimes 50 60 pieces so when you'd be part of something like that it was an awful lot of fun as well so so I spent a fair amount of my time as a lead trumpet player in places like Caesar's Palace playing oh, wow. in the big show band or or MGM Grand or you know, Harris, Lake Tahoe, all those kinds of places. I know a lot of wind instruments play several instruments. Do you play other instruments besides just trumpet? Or I well, shouldn't say just trumpet, but <laughs> do you play multiple much instruments? Just trumpet. Um, yeah, trumpet, flugelhorn, uh, piccolo trumpet. Sometimes when we would do things like, especially. Back in the day then when they would do live bands for cartoon music. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, and we'd be in the recording studio. We'd have to play piccolo trumpet and things like that to make different sounds. Um, in what the, what in is a piccolo Wars, It's trumpet. a very small, little, tiny, compact trumpet that has a very 
different sound to it. Um, it was used by the Beatles. I think they were one of the first pop acts to do piccolo trumpet. They had a song called Penny Lane um, oh. that was really famous, and it has a big piccolo trumpet solo in the middle of that song. <laughs> um, and after that, piccolo trumpet became kind of a popular thing for a while. So in, this, in the recording studio, when you're a backup player in doing records and movie soundtracks and that sort of thing. You just have to bring trumpet, flugelhorn, and piccolo trumpet with you all the time because you never know what you're going to have to play on any given song or album. Yeah. So kind of a little background on how we got you on the show. So our station manager, uh, Julia Vataglis, actually met you and your wife in the Ramskeller. Um, so what were you doing at CSU at that time? Um, testing out the new craft beer <laughs> created by the students. Um, I actually worked on the design of really? the student center um, when it got renovated. So I did a little bit of work on that. And so I wanted to come back once the brewery was open and all that Check was happening. I do a little teaching now and then at the uh, Beverage uh, Institute here at CSU. I teach creativity there. And... Uh, um, so I wanted to come see how it how it went, and I always love coming back to the Ramskeller. I kind of I kind of fell in love with music in the Ramskeller, to be honest with you. Back in the day when we, I was a student, there were lots and lots of bands and live music in the Ramskeller, and um, had the chance to play there many many times. And a lot of famous people actually played in that little room, and uh, I met some of my favorite jazz artists in the Ramskeller and went on to tour with a few of those as well. So it's always fun to come back to the Ramskeller. All right. And I know you talked about it briefly before, but I cut you off, unfortunately. Have you worked on any movie or show soundtracks? I have. I have done a few. Um, when I was 19, I guess, um, I was just after my freshman year at CSU, um, I met Doc Severinsen, um, you guys are too young to probably know him, many of your listeners, but he was the band leader on The Tonight Show before Jimmy Fallon and Jay Leno, um, but they had this great band, but he got me started really playing professionally, and he introduced me, um, he got me a job playing lead trumpet with Tom Jones and some people over in Hawaii, and I met this young trumpet player there named Jerry Hay, and he went on to become one of the greatest arrangers, music arrangers in history, and has you know received many many Grammy awards. And he he was the if you have heard any wonderful music with horns on it, chances are it was his horn arrangements. Um, everyone from Michael Jackson to Earth, Wind & Fire to you name it were all arrangements done by this man. And uh, so as I became his friend, he would invite me to play on all kinds of things, <laughs> uh, many of those same kinds of acts. And in fact, um, one of those acts was uh, working with John Williams on, you know, he brought all the music for Star, uh, Star Wars and E.T. and, you know, just been all these Schindler's List, all these really great movies. Um, but my friend Jerry was the arranger for him for all of those. So when they got back from London, recording with the London Symphony of the Star Wars soundtrack, um, John Williams didn't like the trumpet section oh, <laughs> in the really? London uh -oh. Symphony. He said, it's just not strong enough. We need, could you write, he asked my friend if he could write all new parts. <laughs> and he invited me to come into the studio. I didn't even know that's what it was going to be about. He just said, oh, can you come in for a couple hours? We're just going to spend two hours. And so... I sat down with him and one other really wonderful trumpet player and 
the next thing I knew, John Williams walked in and they passed out this giant stack of music and they said, we're going to run the movie down in one take. So nobody make a mistake. Actually, they use different language, but I'm not going to use it <laughs> on the air. Um, and we literally just did one take through the entire movie, except for Ed. They had to stop for me once. Um, in the middle, if, if any of you know the first Star Wars movie, there's a yeah. bar scene. Um, the cantina. In the cantina. Absolutely. And there's these wacky sounds in the cantina. And we do, had to, like, do, do, it said, do, do, like, do. stick your hand in the end of the bell of your trumpet and <laughs> stuff and make these weird sounds. And I must. I, wait, I know exactly. The, it's like a <laughs> I, I know exactly. the sound. Exactly. So of. I. I got confused in the middle of the cantina scene, <laughs> and we had to stop for me. And John Williams leaned over the music stand and said, "We don't have time for this." So, so that's <laughs> so, you. So that's. So then we went back and wow. so we backed up the tape a little ways, and we ran down the whole rest of the movie. But um, it was a fairly complicated score to try to play in sight read. Uh, especially oh when you're sight reading and you've never seen it before and you have one take. So even like, even like the overture, the duh, Everything. Da, da, da. Oh, all of it. Do you yeah. have a favorite track? All of it. Um, you know, it's, it's, I love, I love all of it. And the music he writes are really great in the movies. You they know, are. I, it's I hard so to separate, soundtracks. but, uh, I didn't play on this one, but my very favorite, um, one are the, um, it's a Disney movie with a bunch of a superhero family. What was that? The Incredibles? The Incredibles, yes. The first Incredibles movie, the soundtrack of that is my favorite soundtrack I've ever it's heard. It's pretty odd. Because it's, like, it's like a normal superhero thing, but it's got a little bit of jazzy. It's so hard. It's got to be the <laughs> hardest music anyone ever attempted to play. And a real good friend of mine uh, was the uh, trumpet player on that. And he said it's the hardest thing he's ever had to play in his life. And he's wow. he's the number one studio player in the world. So um, well, if, if you can ever that. watch that movie and just sort of close your eyes, don't really watch the movie and just listen to the music. It's unbelievable. I want to have a movie night with you where we sit down and watch these movies and you just <laughs> point out fun. like this was that and this <laughs> one's fun. really hard. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was uh, all those Star Wars movies, you know, they kept coming out, you know, one after another. And I kept wondering if they were going to change the soundtrack. And there was a few new songs here and there, bit. but there were some themes that they used over and over and. I know it was still me because there's one note <laughs> that I remember that I didn't quite get perfect, and um, but somehow it snuck through the. Is that, is that <laughs> like the main the, theme, like the one they start every movie with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's six or seven themes that they use in every movie. Yeah, you know, there's a bunch of things, and you know when the bad guys come, when the good guys come. There's all these little interludes, and and those all stay kind of the same. But it's really fun to, uh, uh, really fun and really scary both. Yeah. To get asked to go do sessions like that because you literally are sight reading everything. Um, you never get to see the music ahead. There's never a rehearsal. It's pass it out, turn on the tapes. <laughs> go. And that's wild. That it became something that and everyone's go. so familiar with. Yeah. Well, he's, he's such a great writer. You know, he really is fantastic. So I know you talked about it a little before, but you and your brother, I believe, have your own band that was actually yeah. Grammy nom nominated, right? It was. Uh, we got nominated for a couple of Grammys. Um, it was a band called Kinesis. Um, he was a drummer, my brother, and I was a trumpet player. And we put together an eight-piece, real jazz, kind of fusion-y kind of a band. Um, and uh, we recorded up at Caribou Ranch, where the Chicago um, band was from. And... Uh, um, fantastic recording studio up in Colorado. So um, it was really great, and we toured 
toured all over North America, recorded a few records, and uh, a lot of local guys were in that band. Um, for those local jazz people, uh, Mark Sloniker um, is a keyboard player. He plays up at the top of the Elizabeth Hotel all the time oh. still. Um, he was in that band, and uh, Bart Hoff, a guitar player, and um, was in that band. He's still around. Um, but uh, it was a fantastic group of musicians, and the rest of the musicians came from all over the country, and... It was a lot of fun. We toured for a number of years and performed with a lot of kind of famous jazz people like Pat Metheny and Aretha Franklin and Whoa. Spyro Gyra and Bob James and all those kinds of folks. We were on tour together with all those groups. So it's a lot of fun. Played in lots and lots of jazz festivals all over the U.S. and Canada. It was really fun. Sounds amazing. Um, this is uh, we're, we're getting towards the end of our interview here, but we got to know, what are you doing now? Um, now I'm uh, involved in all kinds of other sorts of creative endeavors. I'm working on designing a new downtown for northern Colorado, wow. actually, right now. That's it's a bit gonna, of a change from music. It's going to have a—well, uh, it's going to be entertainment-driven, oh, actually. Like and it's going to feature a Disney-level theme park, indoor theme park. Really? Um, some really exciting new kinds of music venues, hopefully a new arena with 10,000 seats where we can have real concerts. And— uh, um, a lot of really interesting interactive and AR and VR media that oh, very nice. interacts with people individually. So I'm working on that. And we're also working, uh, my brother and I are working on a project, the Dubai 2020 World's Fair, the World Expo in Dubai, which is 196 countries, um, live entertainment on 50 stages for six months. For so six months. Six months it runs. Um, there's billions of dollars being invested in that project right now. And it's about the future of the planet. And what can we do to make the planet um, survive and thrive in a, in a good way Sounds into incredible. the future. So yeah. I'm excited about that project a lot. I, I should go to Dubai. <laughs> we should go to Dubai. I'm going to Dubai. We, yeah. should, we should all go. And speaking of projects you've been involved with there's something interesting that you were involved with pretty heavily called the world anthem and i just wanted you to talk about that a little bit before yeah. we end this interview thank you uh, a number of years ago um we had this crazy idea it was after 9 11 and had happened and the world was kind of in a down spot and we said is there something we could do musically that might inspire people and so i heard about a guy in Stanford, who had an AI program that analyzed music. And we said, I wonder if you could take the national anthem from every country in the world, if you fed it into this AI system, and if it looked for all the commonalities, everything that the anthems have in common, melodically, uh, tempo-wise, even lyrically, and it composed a new anthem, what would the world anthem be? <laughs> and so we did this project, and it was um, the computer composed the song <laughs> called The World Anthem, which came out to be amazing. And then we recorded it live around the world using the Prague Symphony and a bunch of studio musicians from L.A., and we recorded it live um, around the world. And it's been sung and performed by all kinds of youth, kids, and schools, and professional orchestras, and... Even the United States Air Force <laughs> recorded it. Um, but it was really fun. It was used in um, a whole bunch of different really fun venues, including the Olympics in Salt Lake. So oh. it was really fun to uh, see the world anthem come to life. 
That's so interesting. I'll have to give that a listen. I'm sure I've heard it before, and I just never... It's funny because it ends up being a song about peace, not about war. You know, the U.S., um, you know, the United States has a fight song. Yeah. When you think about it. A little bit, you know, it's bombs bursting in air and (laughs) all that kind of thing, right? But the world anthem is about the common bonds of peace that we all wish we had. So it's really interesting how the lyrics came out. Most of the rest of the anthems in the world are dreams of the future. So it was fun. Very cool. It's a great sentiment. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Ed. It's been really wonderful meeting you. Great. Thanks for having me. All right. We are going to see a shoe. Definitely. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back from the break, we are going to have uh, a beat by Allison Tackett, one of our reporters who went to Hody's Half a Note to talk about their monthly show, Co-op. So get excited for that one. We'll be right back. <laughs> 